Velvelity, the first fast-acting antidepressant. Or is it? Today, we look at four controversies with this dextromethorphan-bupropion combo. Welcome to the Carlite Psychiatry Podcast, keeping psychiatry honest since 2003. I'm Chris Aiken, the Editor-in-Chief of the Carlite Psychiatry Report. And I'm Kelly Newsom, a psychiatric NP and a dedicated reader of every issue. We pick up again with Avelity, the med that augments with velocity. Last week, we learned this combination of bupropion and dextromethorphan does indeed work fast, within a week, and is more effective than bupropion alone. But despite those accolades, it missed the mark in treatment-resistant depression. Today, we're going to talk about its side effects and cover four controversies with the drug. One, is it addictive? Two, does it work long-term? Three, can you just use a generic components? And four, is it really any different from a popular speed-up strategy from the 1980s? We're going to start with its side effects, but first, a preview of the CME quiz for this episode. What is the main risk of combining dextromethorphan with other antidepressants besides bupropion? A. Neuroleptic malignant syndrome. B. Only bupropion will inhibit dextromethorphan's metabolism. C. Serotonin syndrome. Or D. Neurotoxicity. In last week's episode, we learned that dextromethorphan makes bupropion work faster and boosts its antidepressant efficacy. But it doesn't just add benefits to the picture. It also adds side effects, particularly sleepiness. Remember, cough medicine tends to make people drowsy. One in 16 patients stop the medication due to side effects, most often somnolence, nausea, dizziness, headache, and dry mouth. No cases of psychosis, dissociation, serotonin syndrome, or addictive behaviors were seen with ovality, although these are possible problems with dextromethorphan. We know that from earlier reports. One side effect we're not sure about is mania. Most antidepressants can trigger mania, but this one has a very different profile. There are small studies of dextromethorphan alone, without bupropion, in bipolar depression. Those studies found either no manic switching and one found improvement in manic symptoms. But mania is still possible on this drug. There is a case report of it from 1996. Next, we're going to cover two other controversies with ovality. Can it be abused? And can you use the generic ingredients on their own? Neither Alvelity nor dextromethorphan are classified as controlled substances. In fact, dextromethorphan is available over-the-counter. Technically, it's behind-the-counter in most states. You don't need a prescription, but you have to ask the pharmacist to show a driver's license to buy it. This is because dextromethorphan has a long history of misuse that has earned it nicknames like poor man's PCP and robo-tripping. 
In the clinical trials, there was no evidence of this kind of misuse. And you're likely going to hear from drug reps that this is because dextromethorphan was dosed far below the abusable level at 90 milligrams per day. Most papers suggest you need more than 300 milligrams a day to have an abusable level of the drug. Well, what do we think of that? It's partly true, but not really. Remember, that interaction with bupropion is going to push dextromethorphan serum levels into the higher range, most likely from the data we've seen into the abusable range. Based on the pharmacokinetic data that we requested from the manufacturer, bupropion raises peak levels of dextromethorphan 40-fold, and the total exposure to the drug, that's the area under the curve, 60-fold. Furthermore, patients with a recent history of substance use disorders were excluded from these trials. The next controversy is generic substitution. Ovality comes as a tablet containing 45 milligrams of dextromethorphan and 105 milligrams of bupropion. The recommended target dose is 45-105 milligrams twice daily, with a steep out-of-pocket cost of $1,200 a month. There are various potential generic workarounds that would make the drug affordable. Dextromethorphan is available by prescription or as a low-cost over-the-counter generic syrup, though it is actually kept behind the counter to limit diversion and misuse. The liquid can be given in the same 45 milligrams BID dose that is contained in Ovelity. For most dextromethorphan products, it's about $20 a month. Bupropion is available generically in doses very close to Ovelity's 105 milligrams BID. Example Bupropion IR 100 milligrams twice a day or Bupropion SR 200 milligrams. Thus, you can prescribe these separate ingredients of Ovelity to your patients and save them thousands of dollars with presumably the same beneficial effects. That's a great backup strategy, but most insurers have been friendly about covering the drug so far. So, if you can give dextromethorphan on its own, can you also give it with other antidepressants? We're not going to recommend that. In theory, duloxetine, fluoxetine, that's Prozac, and paroxetine, Paxil, could give you the same CYP2D6 inhibition that you need to stretch dextromethorphan's half-life. But these are all serotonin medications, and they could cause serotonin syndrome when combined with dextromethorphan, itself a known serotonin reuptake inhibitor. There's already a case report of that with fluoxetine in the literature. Ovelity may not work in treatment-resistant depression, but its speed of onset makes it ideal for patients who are hospitalized or otherwise in need of rapid relief from depression. Here's how to dose it. Give one pill per day for three days, then one pill twice a day. Each pill contains 45 milligrams of dextromethorphan and 105 milligrams of bupropion for a total daily dose of 90 milligrams dextromethorphan, 210 milligrams of bupropion. That's the manufacturer's recommended dosing, and if your patient doesn't tolerate that, I'd recommend switching them to the generic drug so that you can give less dextromethorphan. 
It's that ingredient that causes most of the side effects. Giving it as a separate pill will also allow you to give bupropion all in the morning. I'd give it as 300 milligrams XL. You may as well go to the full dose there. And give the dextromethorphan all at night. This method has not been tested in controlled trials, but it should ease tolerability and let you raise up the dose slower, at which point you can switch to the branded medication. One thing we can say for sure, though, is that you do not need to give bupropion twice a day to keep the drug interaction going and stretch the half-life. Here's why. For one thing, the enzyme is still going to be inhibited with daily dosing. Enzyme inhibition takes two to three days to come on, and it lasts for three to five days after stopping the drug. For another thing, bupropion XL once a day is equivalent to the sustained release twice a day, the one that's used in Ovelity. So in other words, if you take the XL in the morning, it's still going to be in your bloodstream later that night, and you're not missing out on any desirable interaction. We leave this podcast with many relevant questions that are left unanswered. Can bupropion be started as monotherapy and dextromethorphan added later if the patient does not respond? Will raising the bupropion or dextromethorphan dose help if the patient doesn't fully respond? We can take a stab at that last question. Although Orvelity uses dextromethorphan 90 mg per day, the maximum dose used in the early trials was 120 mg a day, divided as 60 mg BID. And that dose was given in combination with an inhibitor like bupropion or quinidine. Perhaps the most important question is, how long do you need to take this drug? It is fast-acting, but is it long-lasting? We have an update on that question from a partly published industry-sponsored trial, the COMET study. It followed over 100 patients for one year on the drug, and it's published in poster form. There were no new safety concerns, and 8.4% dropped out due to side effects during that year. But we can't judge much from this study because there was no control group, and we have reason to think that a lot more patients dropped out for reasons other than side effects. We only have a summary of the study, and it says that they started with 865 patients, but only 110 made it to the one-year finish line. That's a lot more dropouts than 8.6%. That's a lot of uncertainty. What would you do in practice? As long as Ovelity is tolerable, I'd tend to keep patients on it for six months after they recover fully. I'm borrowing that six-month number from other studies in depression where the relapse rates were much higher if antidepressants were withdrawn sooner. Another strategy would be to start psychotherapy as the patient recovers. We know from the sequential treatment of depression studies that you could withdraw the active med sooner, like tapering it off after two to three months, tapering off the dextromethorphan part, if the patient is in active psychotherapy. Okay, so here's the bottom line. Ovelity gets a thumbs up for speed and efficacy, but makes little to no difference in treatment-resistant depression. 
Generic substitution gets a green light. But what about its claim to be the first rapid-acting oral antidepressant? Well, if we consider FDA approval as the gold standard, that claim is true. The only contender is esketamine, and that one's intranasal. And possibly the atypical antipsychotics are rapid-acting, but really they take about one to two weeks slower than Ovelity does. But I wonder whether Ovelity is really breaking new ground here. Look closely at the FDA indication for alprazolam, Xanax. It says it's indicated for generalized anxiety and panic disorder. There's no mention of depression. No, wait, here it says under patients with depression that benzodiazepines may worsen depression. That is a major shift from when alprazolam, Xanax, first came out in 1980. The FDA almost approved it back then for depression, Now they're saying it makes depression worse. And based on the criteria the FDA uses, approving Xanax for depression would have made sense back then. Alprazolam treated depression in at least 21 controlled trials, either on its own or as augmentation of antidepressants. And if we look at those augmentation trials, it worked quickly, within one week, just like Alvelity. When I was training in the 1990s, it was a popular strategy to use a short-term benzo like alprazolam to make an antidepressant work faster. Okay, so alprazolam and dextromethorphan, both are associated with abuse, both treat depression quickly, but one got FDA approved. Why the difference? I think the FDA was more conservative back then overall, and there was a lot of concern when alprazolam came out about long-term benzodependence, so they ended up not giving it a pass for depression. But they did allow the company to market alprazolam for anxiety with depressive symptoms. You can see those ads back in the 1980s, but any trace of that has been removed with the current prescribing guidelines, which instead say the opposite, as you just read, that benzos might worsen depression. We covered this controversy in a 2021 podcast, Do Benzos Treat Depression? Yeah, we should run that again. Yeah, let's run it on Throwback Thursdays this week. Anyway, I'm not suggesting that benzos should be used to treat depression. I am suggesting that we're entering uncertain territory here with the long-term use of Alvelity. The drug isn't known to work long-term, but long-term use tends to be the default option with most psychiatric meds. Xanax and dextromethorphan are clearly different drugs with different mechanisms, but both are sedatives with anxiolytic effects, and we have a long history of using drugs like these to speed up antidepressants, barbiturates, benzos, ketamine, and now dextromethorphan. Check out the online article on Avelity and tune in this Thursday for a deep dive on benzos in depression. We have a special call out for our listeners. We're planning an episode on wounded healers, people who work as psychiatrists, therapists, NPs or PAs and live with mental illness themselves. If you'd like to share your wisdom with us, contact C. Aiken at thecarlatreport.com. We will keep your identity as confidential as you like and even disguise your voice or read your words ourselves for the episode. 
That's me, C. Aiken, C-A-I-K-E-N, at thecarlatreport.com. We'll be back next week with number three in the top articles, Stimulant Dosing Limits. Meanwhile, get daily research updates on Dr. Aiken's social media feeds. Search for Chris Aiken MD on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and that new one, Threads. Thank you for making us the number one downloaded psychiatry podcast in 2023.